You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is John Paul. John is Senior Director of Content and Communications at Venna. Venna is a cloud-based corporate performance management platform. John, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So we're going to talk in a second. We're going to talk about the marketing value of thinking like a media company. But first, help us understand just in a few words, what is a cloud-based corporate performance management platform? Yeah, so that's, you know, that's effectively what we do here at Venna. And, you know, who we serve is the Office of Finance, so corporate finance professionals. And what we enable them to do is to streamline key business planning processes. So financial planning, operational planning, and strategic planning, building, you know, resilience and efficiency, productivity and agility into those processes and really empowering them as you know strategic partners to their business. I think finance has been taking on a more active role in terms of propelling the business forward, driving performance, and really you know working with stakeholders across departments to drive more informed decision making as it relates to how they're investing in the business, how they're optimizing operations effectively. And so we enable that by allowing them to streamline and automate those processes by allowing them to get a view into business-wide data by connecting kind of critical source systems so that they can do analysis, derive insights, and then share those insights with their stakeholders across the business to drive that decision-making and ultimately help the business perform, you know, in any circumstance, taking advantage of, you know, unique challenges as well as opportunities. Okay. Thanks for that. Very interesting. For anyone who's interested in learning more, we'll put a link to Venna in the show notes. But meanwhile, let's get on to our topic. Again, the marketing value of thinking like a media company. I've been reading Mm -hmm. quite a bit about this. There's there's a decent amount of chatter on LinkedIn about about thinking like a media company. (laughs) Let's just start with the basics. What does it mean for a a B2B brand to think like quote like a quote unquote media company? What are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said it. There's a lot of chatter about it. It's kind of a hot topic at the moment. I, you know, I think it really, it really starts with the recognition of, you know, how consumers are are choosing to engage with brands, how they are building affinity, how they consume media, and ultimately, I think it really involves at looking at the content you create as a product. So, effectively, building a media brand out of your business that builds affinity and trust, you know, by creating and launching compelling differentiated and valuable media concepts um, and franchises leveraging and emerging formats like podcasts, video, Mm -hmm. long form, short form, articles, live streams, et cetera. And then distributing that content across owned media channels. I think that's a really important piece of it. You're really leveraging your own media channels to distribute this valuable content to your audience. And then, you know, amplifying it across third party channels like social to make sure that you're top of mind and, you know, building an audience as a result of ongoing engagement and then over time building, earning their trust and building affinity with them. So, okay. So, so, so how is this different than what a lot of B2B companies are already doing? And, and what I mean by that is you go to, you know, your guys page, Venner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have like a resources page or maybe you call it insights, right? You go there mm-hmm. and you have channels, right? Video, webinars, all these things. 
that you own that you've created that's like kind of like a little mini media page on your website yeah. right is that yeah. is that what you're talking about or or are we talking kind of like the next evolution of that concept I think it's kind of like the next evolution of that. I think, you okay. know, a lot of what content has done in the past is, has been generating assets that are ultimately geared towards, you know, lead generation or, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the case of a blog, you know, performance driven predominantly by SEO optimization. I think what we're really talking about here is taking a step back and thinking about how you effectively cut through all of the clutter out there to capture attention and do so in a way that's going to build again affinity out of an audience that over time you know builds a sense of belonging with you and your brand as a result of the value that you're providing so i you know to me it's really about kind of getting really focused on that level of differentiation through the development and delivery of really compelling thought leadership and content that you know has a point of view that people relate to and I, i think it's it's a it's a bit of a fine fine switch but really kind of taking that audience first approach to Mm -hmm. how you're creating your content and taking into account, you know, the ways in which people are preferring to consume that content, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think we can probably all agree that, you know, gates in a lot of ways create a lot of friction, you know, ultimately in the buying process. You know, I think I saw a really great analogy. It's like, if you're going to somewhere and if you're going to watch Disney plus, do you want to have to fill out a form that tells people who you are, your email, where you, you know, Mm, where you're located before you, you access that content? Well, no, I think, you know, again, it's focusing on how you build affinity with folks by giving them value through content and access to content that resonates with them and solves problems, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I I think, I think you're right when you say it's kind of a fine line, right? Because it seems to me that the, at the high, the, the the content that does the best already is already doing that, right? Even if mm-hmm. even if it's being produced by a company that's not necessarily quite operating like a media company yet, but still, you can be mm-hmm. producing like thought leadership content that has that kind of value. I, yeah, I'm, like I, like when I think of a, a media company, I'm thinking of just to take one example, like sports. I'm going to go to ESPN, right? If I just want to know, like, what were the scores last night or what's going on in the World Cup or whatever, I'm going to go to, say, ESPN. And like you said, it's not it's not gated. It's just sort of, you know, all I, I know I can trust them to provide, like, good, high-quality sports content because they've been doing it for years, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think he nailed it right there. You know, it's, it's you know, it's it's about kind of, building building that audience and to your point you know people wake up they go to you know their favorite news outlet they go to to your point espn they go there because it's their most trusted destination for learning for education for inspiration whatever the case might be and in this case yeah you know tapping into an audience of sports enthusiasts people who, who watch and consume and love sports and i think it's the same kind of concept you know and for us you know, selling into the office of finance, we're tapping into corporate finance professionals and leaning into, you know, the things that are top of mind for them, the problems that they're trying to solve, you know, the news that they want to be consuming and really building on that. So they keep coming back, you know, and providing that value. So they keep coming back every day and engaging with us and over time, just building up that affinity. Yeah. And then, you know, it might, it's not necessarily just kind of selling. And I think that's a, a part of it too. It's not necessarily about selling or focusing on technical aspects of your product. 
It's just about providing value as a media brand. And then when they are ready to look at assessing the market for a product or a service like yours, you know, then you'll be top of mind for them when they're at that point. And then they'll become mm-hmm. better buyers as a result of that. Because they've come to so trust your media, the media that you're putting out there. Yeah, exactly. They associate and- you with like in-depth analysis and trust and, and, and good information and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And then if, you know, if you do the job right, you know, that affinity really, I think, is kind of like a springboard that propels you into a different stratosphere, if you will, as it relates to your competition. I.e., You're creating this mm-hmm. incredible bias for your brand, right? Where yeah. they just that you're the place you you are the authority. You are where they want to wake up every day and go to learn, be educated informed or inspired or or whatever the case might be, you know, to get that Mm -hmm. value that's inherent in the content that you're creating. So to, to go from doing what already most businesses are doing, having a blog or, you know, an insights page with different kinds of content to go from that to actually operating more like a media company, I'm thinking that that would ultimately entail and then, you know, and tell me what, what you think, but what I think is what that would ultimately entail is a few things like one, instead of just having a page on your website, it would be like a standalone entity, almost, almost like you're creating Mm -hmm. your own, you know, online magazine or something, right? Like your own online media brand that's like sponsored by your business or something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then it would look and operate kind of like that. And you might even have a team of like, quote, like beat reporters or people yeah. who are assigned to cover the industry, like a trade journal might or something like that, so that you have mm-hmm. people specialize, like that's their job day, day after day, just being in there and what's the latest and make making connections and sources and everything. I mean, am I being too elaborate there or is that no, also no. kind of like what we're really talking about? Yeah, I, I don't think that's off off base at all. I think that's that's exactly right. I mean, it really I think comes down to again how you're focusing on your own owned media properties, right? Your owned destinations. And everything you want to be doing ultimately would be driving people back to those destinations where you're offering up this content. And then you're creating an owned audience out of those folks and you're obviously at that point able to leverage that first party data, you know, for all sorts of different reasons. You find out you know, what topics are resonating with your ICP, what formats are resonating with your ICP, what's not resonating or working with your ICP. How do you then take that data and, you know, put it back into the experiences that you're creating to make them better, more targeted? You know, how does it have impact on, you know, how does it have business impact on, you know, revenue influence or, or, or what have you? So it really, I think, does kind of come back to driving them to that property. And again, it's a, it's a model espoused by, um, media companies is what they do very effectively, right? Whether it's like you said, again, ESPN or another great example, you know, would be someone like in a B2C context, like Red Bull or Patagonia, where they've mm-hmm. created these kind of media properties where it's just really compelling, value-driven, awesome content that creates kind of this groundswell of affinity out of the folks that are yeah. consuming it. Mm-hmm. In the B2B world, people often point to, say, HubSpot as an example yeah. of a company that's done a very good job of 
creating like a whole media brand is, do you think that's a good example? And like, what, if so, what is it that HubSpot is doing exactly that's, that's mm-hmm. working along the lines of what we're talking about. Well, again, building audiences, right? I think HubSpot's a good example. They have a pretty robust podcast network. They recently acquired media operations, so they 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 bought the Hustle newsletter as an example mm-hmm. and are providing value in that way. Another great example, I think, is Salesforce, right? And and mm-hmm. they recently launched Salesforce Plus, which is effectively their take at kind of streaming. And they have, you know, a series, a a lot of original series that provide value in different ways for their audience. I think those are are two that effectively stand out to me as as it relates to how B2B brands are are taking advantage Mm -hmm. of of thinking like a media company. And I think more and more are starting to dip their their toe in the pool. Um, Yeah. I, th- I think it's worth noting that those two examples are two, you know, enterprise examples, right? Two yes. companies that are have a lot of resources to be able to buy an existing media entity, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. create your own streaming channels, you know, and like, I, I haven't, I'm going to go check those out. I didn't know they were doing that, but like, I, I think the, to, to really make that work, you'd have to be producing content at a pretty high level if you expect well, people to actually consume it. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I think you just have to be producing content that provides value and has a pretty strong and relevant and resonant concept. I think, sure, these are companies that have a lot of heft, they have a lot of budget, and they can put a lot of resources into creating something that's really well produced. But I, I don't think that's necessary as it relates to thinking like a media company. And, you know, what I would say to folks is, you know, you shouldn't really wait to get started and you don't have to. I think it's just a matter of getting down to it, thinking about, you know, a a podcast series, for example, that you want to do and start recording interviews and then distributing those interviews. You know, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. require all the bells and whistles from a production standpoint. I think it just requires the get up and go to get it done and start distributing. And again, knowing your audience well enough to know what they're going to find valuable, what they're going to find insightful, what they're going to want to keep coming back to consume. And mm-hmm. then, you know, distributing it effectively across your own media channels and amplifying it effectively across those third-party channels so that you just keep top of mind. I think there's a time and a place, right, for Mm -hmm. big budget productions. And that's something you can build up to. That's something you can pursue if, you know, the objective is there and makes sense and and the budget is available. But I don't think it's a must-have at all, you know, for, for thinking like a media company. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Right. The... I mean, I guess I, I guess my mind went there because I guess I wonder, like, if you kind of take the leap and you're like, okay, we now have like a media arm to our business mm-hmm. that's really just focused on, you know, it has its own website. And mm-hmm. I guess I wonder if that also, at least to a certain degree, necessitates different kinds of content. You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it a matter of just kind of taking your existing blog and putting it over onto the new website, your existing videos and all that? And like, okay, now we're a media company. Or is there at least some element of like, well, no, we, we actually have to produce the content in a different way, a different vibe. And, and I, I suppose that doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, spending 10 times more on it than you were before, which would be unrealistic for most companies. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, but, but, well, what do you think? Is it just doing the same exact kind of content production that you've been doing, but just packaging it differently? Or is it actually different kinds of content as well? 
Well, I think you want to meet people where they're at, right? And you want to be producing content that people want to consume. And I think, you know, again, it's it, it's an interesting question. I think, you know, you're producing articles, you're producing video because, you know, people get value out of video articles as well in a different way and just kind of meeting them where, where they are as it relates to that production. Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't know that it's as easy as just taking one thing and reproducing it somewhere else if if that makes sense but yeah i mean again i think it's you're 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 effectively producing content across a variety of formats introducing concepts that make sense based on the format that you're choosing and there's certainly opportunity i think to look at how you repurpose like we have you know a, a phrase at Veta that we use called content turkey right where you could mm. you take kind of one one large kind of asset or opportunity and find ways of slicing off turkey sandwiches and reproducing it right mm. <laughs> so you could do a really robust interview with a customer right that serves as a podcast episode yeah. which then you can reframe and redistribute as a blog or a series of blogs or mm -hmm. you know video clips or or what have you so you yeah. know i think it's just thinking through the lens of how do people want to consume the content and then how can you use it effectively in a way that makes sense based on the concept and the format that you're leveraging mm-hmm yeah. Okay. And as you've said a couple of times, and I completely agree, I mean, it really comes back to your audience. What that's is right, it that's yeah. going to best serve them? And that, that that's in terms of the topics you're talking about, how you produce it, all that stuff. So that's really yeah, what matters. Yeah. 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 It's really the audience is the fundamental kind of piece of, of it as, as you yeah. think about what it means to be a media company. And you know, again, tapping into the things that are relevant to them to, relevant to, them to build that affinity and kind of create the sense of belonging. And, and, you know, if you do the job right over time, it kind of helps you to create or build or reinforce a community around your brand, right? Yeah. And this isn't just a community in the sense of people who use your product or your solution. This is a community in the sense of people who find value in your point of view, who find value in the content that you're creating because it speaks to them, it's relevant, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that could be customers, yeah. But, you know, prospects, partners, potential partners are just anyone who finds that value. And I think that community then, you mm -hmm. know, ultimately becomes, becomes kind of a differentiating mode around your brand, right? Because it's based on your ICP. Yeah. It's based on the unique value and perspective that you offer. And that's, that's something that's really hard to chisel away if you're a competitor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think an, an important point, too, that you mentioned early on, but I think it bears repeating, is that... To, to to behave more like a media company, you're less focused on every piece of content ultimately is about converting the prospect into the customer, right? So, and that might be as simple as not doing as many calls to action, say, on every single piece of content or, or not doing that at all, potentially. Like when I go to ESPN, you know, and I read a thing at the end, they're not, they're not trying to, you know, plug something. I mean, they have ads for their different services, but the, it, the vibe I get, you know, like, or if I'm reading an article in the New York times or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. the vibe I get is really just, here's a piece of content that we've done our best to provide to you and to help you understand just what's going on in the world, you know? And yeah. at the end, it's not like, you know, Hey, if you want to demo our new thing, make sure to contact us right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, you know, that's part of it too, that there's sort of even more of a difference in, and this might be in terms of tone or the actual content, more of kind of a, 
a, a, a gap between the the how you're behaving as like a media company and your brand in terms of like what you're selling that you're you're you know what i mean like there's more of a gap between those things yeah maybe? I, I, or maybe you know, not i mean i mean i think in the case of an espn or you know a, a consumer media organization you know the, at the end of the day the content is their product i think you know we yeah. as b2b companies are still in the business of selling products so ultimately what you're doing and acting like a media company still serves an objective or a business objective. So, you know, I think for us, you know, when we look at the content that we create and the community that we're trying to build, it's how do we leverage our content as an opportunity to amplify that community and create connectivity or connective tissue that drives people to different areas of the community that provide value in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once that community is built and they get, you know, a taste of our product over time, then, you know, they, they end up going and, and raising their hand to say, I want to learn more about how your, how your product will help solve our problems. Mm -hmm. But as an example, you know, our community has different facets. So sure. We have kind of the blog component and video component, you know, the on-demand yeah. series, but then we also have more premium content opportunities. So things like our Academy, as an example, which mm -hmm. allows our audience to come in and, you know, further their professional development, hone their craft as finance professionals. And in some cases, you know, learn how, learn more about how their power product can help solve their problems. Or we have a forum where they can then actually connect with their peers, you know, share advice, troubleshoot, dive into interesting conversations on topics that are relevant to them. A template library, you know, our audience of finance people, their love language is Excel. Our product features a, a native Excel interface you know, largely because of that. And so our template library, library offers best practice, best in class Excel templates that they can leverage. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, these are our, our premium opportunities that we create that connective tissue to through, you know, some of the other content that we're creating and amplifying. And then through those, that's how we kind of monetize effectively, you know, this audience or community that we've built, because at this point, they're kind of subscribing to gain access to those Mm -hmm. those premium opportunities, right? And I think ultimately taking a step back and looking at what you're trying to achieve as a B2B media company, right? Is I think, yeah, you want to build the audience, but you also want to turn that audience into subscribers to your brand who yeah. then kind of go on into, into different areas and, you know, acquire value in different ways. And then, like I said before, you know, when they're ready to raise their hand because of that affinity, because of that, that, that value, you are top of mind and they're a better buyer as a result of all yeah. that. Super interesting. Well, it'll, and it'll just be so interesting to see how all of this develops as more and more companies go down this route and, and yeah, start agreed. building out like their media, you know, mark, marketing, be, maybe marketing evolves into something more like media, you know, or, yeah, or, yeah, or whatever we call it. But I, but I could, you know, Maybe we see something like that happening. And I think that's, you know, I think that's, that's the path forward. And I mean, we're, you know, still on the journey ourselves. We're learning and we're, yeah. we're doing different things and, and, you know, continuing to evolve. But I do believe very much in, in that way of thinking. And I, I, you know, I, I like, like we sort of set off the top, it is, it's a hot topic right now. And I think a yeah. lot more companies, um, a lot of companies have been doing this. Like we talked about the HubSpots and Salesforce yeah. of the world, and there are more, and a lot more companies are starting to do it. And I think, yeah. you know, we'll continue to see that trend go on. Yeah. Super interesting. Well, John, thank you so much for all this. Uh, just one more question. How can folks connect with you? 
Yeah. I mean, you can reach me on, on LinkedIn. That's usually the, the best way to do that and happy to connect there. I think it's, it's a great opportunity to meet like-minded folks. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Well, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn page in the show notes. And uh, well, thank you so much for a great conversation. I was, uh, I am intrigued as, <laughs> as I, you know, this, this is quite intriguing. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It was, it was an absolute pleasure. Okay, great. That was really good. I, that was one of the best conversations I think we've had in this podcast. Oh, um, well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.